In other words, we are called to become more like Jesus every day, and we're called to increase in the attributes of Jesus. Amen. In other words, you know, you know, the Bible says when we when we see Jesus, we'll be just like Him. So, so we're really we're called to be fruitful. We're called to bear fruit. We're, we're, you're actually called to grow in Christ. God doesn't want us just uh, existing in Christ. He doesn't want us uh, just being uh, stagnated in Christ. No, he, he, he wants us to be river Christians. He doesn't want us to be pond Christians or, or uh, you know, Christians that, that, that stagnate. I guess a pond would be, be more like a puddle. He doesn't want us to be a puddle Christian. No, he wants us to be river Christians, allowing the, the, the love and the peace of God to flow through each one of us. Amen? amen. Can I get an amen? amen. And, so, and so we see this, that God wants us to be fruitful. And you can be fruitful. How, how you may ask, how can I be fruitful? Abide in the vine. The Bible says that Jesus called us to bear fruit and that our fruit shall remain, John 15. And he says the only way we're going to bear fruit is not that you're struggling to bear fruit. No, that you abide in him. And the more you abide in him, the nicer you're going to become. <laughs> the more giving you're going to become. Are oh, you hear what I say? The more you abide in him, you don't have to force fruit to come out of you. No, no, I'm telling you, the longer you're in Christ, the more of a fruit-bearing Christian you should become. And what we have to do is we have to continue to abide in him. So, so there's, you know, there's a, that's a scary thought, because if you can abide in him, you can abide out of him. Oh, it's quiet in this church today. If you can abide in Christ, you can abide out of Christ. How do you do that, pastor? Walking in the flesh. Sowing to the flesh, sowing to death. Amen. Amen. You got you got to, you got to speak to that carnal nature, and you got to command that carnal nature to get back in Jesus' name. You know because we all have you know a Doctor Jekyll and a Mister Hyde working. In a, the Mister Hyde is the flesh side of us that that wants to kind of try to act like our old self, but we we have the you know Doctor Jekyll is the good side. That what? That, that you want to you, you act like Jesus. Amen? And so we need a side on the good side and not the bad side. In other words, you're going to have to tell your flesh to, to get down in Jesus' name. You're going to have to crucify that flesh. Amen? And the third key to walking in the blessing uh, is that we're called to multiply. Amen? We're, we're called to multiply. God wants us to multiply and and, you know, uh, it's more than just increasing financially. And it's more than just us having more children. Some people take that literally that we should have, you know, as many children as possible. And I'm not, I'm not against that. If you have kids and you like kids, that's great. But I believe in a spiritual sense that God's calling us to multiply as in he's calling us to be soul winners. He's calling us to multiply the kingdom of God. He's calling us to make a difference in this world, so we're, we're, you're not, it's not just about you, your wife, and your family, us four, no more. We're saved, and we're in the ark of safety, which is great. But God wants us expanding our faith to reach others for him. Glory to God. Amen. We got, we got some excited people in this church. 
Somebody control that boy, amen? Oh, that's my boy. Now he can do whatever he wants, amen? I'll tell you, he's, he's getting excited, amen? And I'm going to say this, a Christian is healed, whole, sound, delivered, and set free. Amen. We keep speaking the promises of God over Christian. You know, whatever it looks like, it may look bad, but keep speaking the word. Keep speaking the word over your, your family may not look too good. Maybe your relatives are looking bad, but keep speaking the word. I'm telling you, the more my boy acts up, the more of the word I speak over him. Amen. So we got to keep speaking the word. I'm telling you, this has been a, a revolutionary messages that I've been preaching because it's been helping me to speak the word over Christian others that need the word of God. Amen. Speak the word over your business. Speak the word over your workplace. Speak the word over. Here. Bless your workplace. Amen. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? Number four, we are called to, well, we're, we are called to multiply again. And number four, we're called to subdue. We are called to subdue our environment. How do we do this? You know, you know I was thinking, how do we subdue as Christians? And I would, have to, I would have to say, one of the ways we can subdue our environment is through prayer. Okay. I'm telling, I don't know why. You know, prayer is so key. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for prayers from my mom. You know, she, she, you know she, I don't ever remember her witnessing to me, telling me that I'm going to go to hell if I keep going in the direction that I'm going. I, my mom never said anything like that to me, but she prayed. She prayed for my, my brothers, and we were all unsaved. And, you know, prayer will break the power of Satan off of people's lives. Prayer is powerful. You know, I'm telling you, we, you, you, can't do, you can't do too much without putting prayer before you. Before you go witnessing, pray. Amen. Before you do anything, pray. Amen. Because what? Why? Because we have the devil out here. He's trying to hinder everything. Amen. He's trying to throw a monkey wrench into our lives. Amen. He's trying to hinder us. That's all he can do is try to hinder us from doing the works of God. I, had anybody ever heard of William Finney? He was one of the great revivalists. And, uh, and he would go into towns and he would convert entire towns to Christ. And he would do these evangelistic meetings. And I'm telling you, people would be running to the altars. But you know what? I'm going to have to say this, that, that he had a secret to, to, to his power. And that was a man named Father Nash. And Father Nash was a man that would go into these cities that before he would go and they would and he would go in the cities. He would get some people in the city and he would go into a motel room and he would pray for the city before William Finney would come in and he would pray for revival. And they would be in the hotel room and, and, uh, and then Finney would come in. He said, you know, I have, you know, associate of mine. They said, yeah, they sound sick. You know, they, they're groaning in there, doing some weird stuff in that room. What they were doing was they were travailing for people to come in to the body of Christ. They were praying out souls into the kingdom of God. And then, when, see, William Finney, he, had, he, he was set up. 
to as he came in, it was easy. Why? Because the spiritual atmosphere was right in those cities. And then William Finney could preach and people would get saved left and right. Think about that. And so there's power in prayer. I've heard about, about, about pastors. This one pastor would take a prayer team and go into the worst area you know, during the day, of course, but go into the worst. <laughs> you might want to wear a bulletproof vest, you know, at night, but there are some bad areas in cities. Amen. Do you, would, you, would you agree? And so, and so, you know, they would go, I, I believe it was during the day. It may have been at night. They may have been tough tough people of the streets, but they would go and they would, and they would pray uh, in, in the bad areas where there was crime and, you know, they started looking and crimes and, and crime started getting less and less. That's powerful. No, they started documenting the crime and as they prayed, they, they called it prayer walking. Amen? Amen. And as they prayed to, to, and prayed and, and, and took authority and, and then, of course, they may have went and witnessed, too, because you can't just pray. You're going to have to witness. You've got to have a preacher. Amen. Angels don't preach the word of God. Men preach the word of God. That's for us. And so as they, as they, as they prayed, uh, you know, uh, the enemy, you can bind the enemy up. Jesus said that you have to bind the strong man you, before you can plunder his house. So, so you're going to have to take authority over If there's some things coming against you, you're going to have to take some authority over it. You're going to have to pray in Jesus' name. That name is above every name. That name is the most powerful name on planet Earth, the name of Jesus. And that's the reason why people are, you know, people that don't know Jesus or people that are coming against Jesus, coming against God, they don't mind you praying and having the universal God. They don't mind that. But you start mentioning the name of Jesus, people freak out. I'm talking about people that don't know God. Amen. Why? Because there's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I'm telling you, when you start using that name of Jesus, I'm telling you, God will do great and mighty things. I heard about this man that was bedfast and he was really sick and, and, he, and uh, uh, the Lord moved on, it was, uh, on this man to pray for him. And that was, um, uh, who was that man? But anyway, he was a famous evangelist in the 40s. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth and Smith Wigglesworth got some people together and and this man was a Christian and he and he used to minister and he was Christian and they held hands and all they said was Jesus 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 and they held hands and you know what the man came off the bed of affliction just just speaking the name of Jesus every knee shall bow every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I'm telling you, if you don't know what to do, call out Jesus. If you don't know what to say, speak the name of Jesus. If you're about ready to get in a car accident, call out Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? I've been saved many a times. I could have been messed up in a lot of accidents, but I would call on Jesus. And he'll turn you around. I remember I was late to church one day. And it was, it, it was uh, you know, it was a, I was running late. And I was in a small car, a Miata, 
you know, a convertible, two-seated convertible, and you don't want to get in a, in a car accident with that type of car. You, you, you want to, are you here when I say today? And I was driving, and I may have been driving a little fast, but even if I'm driving a little fast, my angels are still with me, glory to God. God's angels are still with you, even if you drive a little fast. And I was driving, and I, for, I guess it was, it was lightly raining, and, um, and so, but it wasn't raining hard. But, but my car hydroplaned. Has anybody ever dri driven a car and your car hydroplane? You know what that means, hydroplane? It means your car becomes like a plane. <laughs> In other words, your car gets off the ground. You know, I'm talking Dukes of Hazard. May I might be dating myself. But I I'm talking about evil Knievel jumping off. The, you know, I'm, I'm talking about flying through the air. My car, you know, just, it, 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 it hydroplane. It, it hydroplane. And, and all of a sudden, uh, it, it I was on the highway, I was on 64, and it, it started spinning in the middle of the highway. And as I like, I said, Jesus! Like that. And I tell you, my car went over to the very left side, and it was this close to hitting that barrier, you know, in between. And it was like that close. And, and, and the rest of the traffic, it was out of the way, the rest of the traffic. And I did a, I did a, it was a, it was, is it a 360? Or 380. Three, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. And, and I, I was back in there, and then some of the traffic went by me, and then there was no traffic. I was able to get back. <laughs> Not a scratch. Not a scratch on, on my Mazda Miata. I was in the convertible, man. I could have been crushed. But when you call on Jesus, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I remember one lady, she was some guy broke into her apartment. And uh, she and it was, you know, this guy was trying to rape her. And uh, she, she just said, you can't touch this body. It belongs to Jesus. And she just kept saying that. And that guy just kept backing up, backing up until he backed right out of her apartment. Why? Because the power of the name of Jesus. Don't discount the name of Jesus. Don't discount what it can do in prayer. When you pray to the Father in Jesus' name, powerful things happen. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? And then we're called to take dominion. We're called to take dominion. We're, listen, you were meant to win in this life. There, listen, there, in the kingdom of God, there are no losers. You're, you know, I like to win. You should like to win. When I play a game, I play to win. When I'm playing cornhole, I don't play around and let my opponent win. No, I'm going to do everything I can short of cheating to win that game. You should all have a desire to win. You, if, if I'm playing, I play uh, with my daughter, and if I'm playing, I play this game called Stratego, I'm going to do everything I can to beat my daughter that's six or seven years old. I'm not going to let her win. I'm, I'm going to teach her some things, but I'm not going to let, why? Because, you know, she, she's not going to learn anything if I throw the game. In other words, I'm trying to toughen her up for life. Because you're going to get things thrown at you, and you're going to have to learn to bounce back, even when it seems like you're losing. And sometimes in this life, it seems like we're losing. It appears that we're losing. But it may look like that on the outside, but there's something happening in the spirit realm. Are you hearing When Elijah, when, when he prayed for rain, and he told his servant to go, 
see if there's any clouds. And his servants went and came back. There's no clouds. It looked like Elijah was losing. And then Elijah said, go out a second time. And so he went out a second time. And God came back and said, I don't see anything. The, the sky is clear. Modern day vernacular, of course. And Elijah says, go out again. See, Elijah wasn't going to lose on this deal. He was praying for rain. It hadn't rained for three years. You know, it was a drought. It was, listen, if, there, if you're in a drought today, you need to start praying for the rain of the Holy Spirit to start pouring out on you and your family. You need to pray for a refreshing. And I'm telling you, God will refresh you. And then Elijah said, go out a third time. He, I, I believe Elijah doesn't, he didn't, he wasn't a man that wanted to lose. And he, he went out a fourth time. And then the guy came back, nothing. And he went the fifth time, nothing. And finally, Elijah says, I quit. No, he didn't say that. Oh, this is too much. You went out five. Maybe God doesn't want it to rain. Maybe God doesn't want me to be a prosperous person. Maybe God doesn't want me to be healed. Maybe, no, God wants you walking in health. Wholeness, soundness, preservation, protection, and eternal life. Amen. And so, so no, just because you're dealing with some sickness today, that doesn't discount the fact that God wants you walking in health. Just because you may be walking in a little poverty today, that doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to be prosperous in Jesus' name. No, you just got to keep speaking and believing and sowing until you see the kingdom of God manifests in your life. And so what happened to Elijah the seventh time? There was a small cloud. And the man said, there's a small cloud the size of a man's hand. And that was enough for Elijah. See, just one little blessing. You just need one little blessing that will start popping like popcorn. This blessing, this blessing. Pretty soon you're going to have blessings coming around you all over the place. But you may again be in a drought, but you just keep thanking God that that drought is inning and the Holy Spirit is moving in your lives. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Sometimes you need to pray and ask God just to refill you with the Spirit of God. So we take dominion. How do you take dominion? Well, you, you, in Luke 10, 19, there's some scriptures here that, that tells you that we have dominion over the devil. It says, Behold, I give you authority. This is Jesus speaking. To trample on serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. You have authority. You have authority over sickness because sickness, all sickness, I believe, is, be, is Satan's behind sickness. Amen. Amen. I believe he's behind it one way or the other. Amen. So, so you have authority over demonic spirits that will try to attack. You have authority over depression. You have authority over, over, over oppression. You have authority over that. In Ephesians 4.27, it says, give no place to the devil. In other words, we have a power to give no place to the enemy. This was really talking about anger, allowing anger to control you and being angry. You don't have to allow anger to control you. Give no place to the devil. Amen. The Bible doesn't say it's not a sin to be angry. It's a sin for anger to stay with you. Amen. In other words, you know, don't go to bed angry. Gloria. James 4, 7 says, therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil 
and he will flee from you. These are a couple of scriptures that are saying that we have authority over the enemy from working against us. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about. Notice it's, it's talking devil in here. Some churches won't ever mention that name, but it's in scripture. <laughs> I'm the, the, our founding fathers is mentioning the devil. And it says here, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil. Your spouse isn't your adversary this morning. Amen. Your boss isn't your adversary this morning. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I'm not, I'm not your problem this morning. <laughs> I'm not your problem. You might, you might have a problem with Pastor Dave. I'm not your problem. Amen. The devil's your problem. <laughs> are you, sometimes we, when we're not doing good, we want to start looking for somebody to blame. <laughs> Don't we do that? It's got to be the pastor's fault. I'm not prospering. The pastor's not preaching hard enough. The pastor doesn't have enough word. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? No, man, I'm preaching my gut. No, I won't say that. I'm preaching my heart out, amen? I was going to say guts, but I'm preaching my heart out. Amen. So be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood that is in the world. Amen. So we see this, that we have to be sober, be vigilant, because we have an adversary. He's a devil. He walks around. He's not a roaring lion. His teeth has been pulled. Amen. He has been defeated 2,000 years ago. So we just need to keep standing and standing in who we are in Christ. We need to stand that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Romans 6, 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. Listen, I'm going to say this. You might have some bad habits. You may have some things that you seem like you can't shake. But I'm going to say this. Those things are going to have to go by the wayside when you keep standing against those things. I told you one time I used to be addicted to lottery tickets. Pastor, I used to, I, I, I had to go in there and get a lottery ticket and, and scratch, you know, and, and oh man, oh man, oh man, getting excited about the lotto. Maybe, I mean, this is my, I was a Christian at that time. It was only three weeks ago. No, I'm kidding, but <laughs> I'm just getting over it, glory to God. No, and I was a Christian. You heard my story, Lord. I would just get in that zone. You know what I'm talking about? It, it, I'm telling you, it's kind of like gambling. Those gamblers, they get in that zone, man. Oh, yeah, more, 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 more. And they lose, 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 lose. Are you hearing what I'm saying, dude? Because you never can satisfy lust. You can't satisfy greed. You want more, you want more, you want more, and you keep wanting more. You can't satisfy lust. You can't satisfy greed. Amen? And so you just keep wanting more. Amen? But God will satisfy you. Amen. And then I remember, I remember it was just by, I, I didn't try to stop it. I didn't try to, I didn't realize I was in sin, to tell you the truth, doing lottery tickets. But it just fell off me. I just had no more desire for it. Somebody say the power of God. I just got, I just stayed in the word of God. I just kept, and it wasn't like God said, you dummies, you know, stop doing this. No, God didn't do that. It just fell off of me. 
It, it just, I, I didn't have a desire for it anymore. And I'm telling you, there might be some things in your life that you may feel like you're being overcome by them, but you stay in the Word of God. You allow that Word to be planted in you, glory to God, and it will start to bear fruit in your life. And pretty, good, pretty soon, the kingdom of God will take preeminence in your lives. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? And pretty soon you don't have to try to quit. You will automatically quit in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, God is so good. You know, God called us to be gardeners. And I got to close this down. Man, I'm not even finished with it. But God called us to be, you, you are a gardener. You know, glory to God. Adam was a gardener. He was called to be the gardener in, in first creation. He was called to, 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 to take care of the Garden of Eden. Did you know that? It was his job to kick the snake out. You know that, right? It was his job to do that. But you know what? I heard somebody say, well, Adam wasn't around when the snake was talking to the girl. And that might be a possibility. You know, we, we always think that Adam was standing right there. No, maybe his, his, his wife, you know, you know, that devil was trying to get her deceived. And then once she was deceived, he didn't want to, he didn't want, he didn't want to live without her. So he'd rather live in sin with her than with God. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? Now, now, now you know, that's maybe for another theological discussion. Amen. But I'm going to say this, that Adam was the gardener of that. And, and I'm going to say this in the New Testament. You know, when, when Mary Magdalene came to the to the, to the tomb, you know, and she saw two angels, one you know, the, 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 the rock was rolled away. The tomb was empty. Jesus wasn't there. She was crying because they took the body of Jesus. She thought somebody took the body of Jesus. And when she walked in there, there was two angels, one at the head and one at the feet. That really represents the Ark of the Covenant because there was two angels. But this is in reality. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Because the Ark of the Covenant had two angels. Amen. It, it, it was the mercy, mercy seat. Of God, Amen. And so, and so she came in, and I, I would have thought, you know, that you know, she saw two angels, she would have figured out something, but she didn't figure it out. She was still crying, and she saw this man said, "Woman, why are you weeping?" And as soon as she looked at him, she thought he was the gardener. Think about that. Jesus is called the second Adam. See, the first Adam messed up in the garden, but the second Adam prevailed in the garden of Gethsemane. He prevailed when all pressure was on him in that garden of Gethsemane. He prevailed and he pressed through in that garden. He passed the test in that. Jesus passed the test in the garden. And so she perceived him to be the gardener. Why? Because he's the gardener of the new creation. We're, you know, he's the first fruits. Amen. We're, we're, listen, He's our gardener, and he has nothing but good things to sow into each one of us. And, and, and the Bible says that we're the field, we're the garden of God. And as we allow the word of God to be sown into our field, I'm telling you, it's going to be like a garden of Eden in our lives. As we, God, Jesus has nothing but good to sow into your garden, amen. And he's sown it through me to you today. Do you believe that today? 
and you guys are coming into a place where you're going to be in a place of nothing missing, nothing broken, shalom. You're coming into a place, maybe you have some fear, and maybe you have some things coming against you, but I'm telling you, as you keep staying under the word of God and allow that word to be sown into your hearts, glory to God, you're going to come out mighty champions for God. You're already called to be a champion. You just need to act like you're a champion. You just need to act like that in faith. And you will be the champion that God called you to be. Nothing can hinder you from, the, from being blessed in the kingdom of God. Did you receive it today? We would like to invite you to join us Sunday morning at Virginia Beach SDA Church located at 4136 Holland Road, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Service starts at 10.30 a.m. Nursery and Children's Church provided. This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and the Congregation of Exceed Life Church. For more information, visit us at www.exceedlifechurch.org.